Welcome to hey. Great Shot. This is the Great Shot Podcast, a Cracked Rackets and Tennis Channel Podcast Network production. My name is Alex Gruskin. It's finally here, folks. The year's second Grand Slam about to begin in Paris. So much action to unfold over these next two weeks. What we're going to be doing here on this podcast, a little bit of a draw preview. We are going to run through each of the four quarters of this year's women's singles draw. And joining me to do just that, as he always does when it's time to preview the Grand Slam's action, you may know him as our do everything here at Cracked Rackets, head coach of the Rockhurst men's and women's tennis programs, my friend James Foster McDonald. Jamie, long time no see on these podcasts. How are you doing, my friend? Not doing too bad. Not too bad. I'm uh, I'm glad you put that condition on always because it certainly has not been always as of late. But uh, no, it's Grand Slam time. I'm here. So I'm excited to be talking some pro tennis with you. I'm excited as well. I feel like it's been a while, even in our personal lives, since we've really shot the shit about everything happening in the tennis world. You are well aware of the fact that I have been diving into the college tennis world of late. And I'm not going to lie, selfishly, I am very excited to get back to the pro game because it feels like it's been a really exciting time over these past three, four weeks, in particular in women's tennis. We continue to see week in, week out, it's a different name. It's Ashley Barty, it's Igor Fiontek, Arena Sabalenka, over and over. Over again, we see new champions, Paula Bedosa Gilbert this past week, Coco Goff entering the winner's circle. Before we even get into the draw preview, let's just start with that fact as we are covering the women's singles draw here on this podcast. It still has that feeling, right, where, you know, maybe two, three players have a little bit of a lead, a notch up on everyone else. But if I told you, what, 20, 25 names could win this women's singles French Open, you'd believe me, right? Yeah. And that's, that's the problem, right? As soon as you start adding a couple names, you're like, well, wait a second. What about this one, this one? So yeah, that, that list gets real long, real fast. I love that you frame that as a problem. I love that. It's like, yeah, it, it, it certainly when doing these podcasts, right? Yes. Yes. It, it becomes considerably more complicated as opposed to, well, is it going to be Nadal or Djokovic? I don't know. <laughs> That's a really good way of framing it. I agree. And again, what we're going to be doing on this preview podcast, I feel like we've got the science of these preview draw pods down. We're going to answer four questions for each of the four quarters of the draw. We are going to talk about our most entertaining first round matches. We'll talk about the seeds we have on upset alert. Talk about the unseeded players that we think could make a deep run in this event. And then, of course, we're not going to get out of a preview podcast without some prediction. So Jamie and I are going to offer our thoughts on what we expect to see unfold in Paris over the next two weeks. Of course, the reason we're able to do this on this podcast in particular day in, day out, week in, week out is because of the support we get from all of you listeners from our Crack Rackets Patreon family. A quick tangent, a huge thank you to all of you who are down here in Orlando supporting our college tennis content. My ego absolutely through the roof because of all of you who came up, said hello, came up and said you listen to the show, you support what we do. It means the world to not just me, but to super producer Daniel Westoff, Jamie Dalton, all of us here at Crack Rackets. Of course, you can continue to support us, become a member of our Patreon family. You can find all of that information on our website, crackrackets.com. And then of course, more specifically here to this Great Shot podcast, the reason we're able to do it day in, day out because of the support we get from our friends at Turner Tennis. You guys know the deal. It's the only grip that gets tackier when you sweat. And let me just say in Orlando, all of us were sweating 
And I would say the majority of these players had that turn of tennis grip on their rackets. It's performance in hot and humid conditions unmatched. And of course, that iconic bluish purple color can be seen on the rackets of hundreds of touring pros. If you would like to join the Turner Tennis uh, family, you can call or email them or get college pricing and free samples by emailing sales at uniquesports.com or calling 800-554-3707. That's sales at uniquesports.com or 800-554-3707. A funny story for you, Jamie. Someone was asking me about our advertisements on the podcast. And also I was like, ooh, am I giving away too many trade secrets? I don't know if I should do that, but they're like, how do you, you know, what are all the sponsorships? How does it all work? I was like, you mean contacting sales at uniquesports.com or calling 800-554-3707. That number glued in my brain. It should be in all of yours as well. You can join the Turner team again. Email sales at uniquesports.com or call 800-554-3707. With that in mind, let's get into our draw preview. And again, what we are going to be doing, working our way from top to bottom at answering four questions per section. And let's get right into it. We start at the top of the draw, number one seed, Ashley Barty's quarter. Barty, technically, I suppose, in her mind, a defending champion, right? Because the last time we saw her play in the French Open, she won the damn thing. Back in 2019, now, of course, last year, Iga Sviantec captured the title. And, you know, again, we can get into that as we get into Sviantec's quarter, who is actually the favorite entering here. But let's just start with the first round matches in this section, Jamie. Which are the ones that popped out to you? What are you most excited to see? I could make a case that Barty Para match round one, lefty versus the slice, one-handed back there, not one-handed, but, you know, the predominantly slice backhand that Barty likes to play. I'm not going to say upset alert, but that's definitely a fascinating one to me. What do you have your eyes on? Yeah, I mean, that that the precursor to all this is any clay court match can become interesting very quickly, and it <laughs> yes. doesn't take much to tip those scales. But the ones that I circled, I think Plushkova Vekic is a very interesting one in this section, as well as Jabor and Putin Seva. Those are the two. And then I also had to throw in one, Suarez Navarro, who I thought retired against Sloan Stevens. Uh, <laughs> but there we are, playing French Open again. No, we got to give a celebration to Carlos Suarez Navarro, cancer-free, playing her final French Open, and obviously that's something all of us can celebrate. Yeah, look, uh, by name, uh, the big one is certainly, uh, you would say, Pliskova taking on, uh, as you mentioned, uh, Donna Vekic. We just, Donna Vekic hasn't been healthy all season long, and of course, we know when healthy, she's a top 30, maybe even top 20 player she's got. The sort of consistency can move you around the court and, you know, will get Pliskova stretched if she's firing well, but, you know, Carolina Pliskova, I mean, we can have this conversation right away, I suppose. What do you think her clay court specific ELO rating is? Again, ELO measuring who, and the best part for me is I haven't referenced ELO in like three weeks. And so I've just like been like ELO, ELO, ELO. You know, I typed in the T in tennis abstract, you know, to go to tennisabstract.com and it wasn't the default T my internet browser sent me to. And I was devastated. I was like, have I been gone for that long? What's wrong with me? But just what do you think Pliskova's ELO rating is? Clay court specific. I mean, yeah, if we're, if we're talking specifically on clay and, and you try to look, she's, she's not a top 25 WTA player on the clay. 
She's number five, Jamie. Number five by Clay Cordilla yeah. rating. That's that's definitely an outlier. That's something that jumps out to you. And you're like, wait a second. Is, is that right? And, you know, a lot of that success comes off of the fact that she's what made, I think, the Rome final, like three straight years or something yeah. crazy like that. She did it, I think, 2019, 2020. This year, she does it before losing an 0-0 final to Iga Sviantek. And obviously, the surface in Rome plays much quicker uh, than elsewhere. But, no, that that's an interesting one that you mentioned there. Some of the others I would throw out, you know, you mentioned that Putin save a Jabour match. That one's going two and a half hours at a minimum. Like I, you can lock that in right now because just again, the variety Putin save a plays with the variety Jabour plays with that one's going to be tenacious. It's going to be 15, 20 ball rallies. It's going to be really, really exciting I'm keeping my eye on Sevastova Brady as well. Sevastova, the big forehand, and she'll throw in that slice back in as well. Variety, throw Jennifer Brady off rhythm. It's worth remember uh, reminding everyone Jennifer Brady lost 9-7 in the uh, third set of her first-round match last year to an unknown by the name of Clara Tossin. Now, Clara Tossin, not exactly an unknown anymore, and certainly that loss has aged with time, but that's one to keep an eye on. I would throw out Alexandrova versus Venus Williams just because you never know know if it's going to be the last Venus Williams French Open. So we'll keep our eye on that. You know, Krechikova versus Pliskova part two, interesting as well. But I mean, again, I think you look at all of these matchups, you start to see, I guess, of the seeded players we've talked about. And in this section, uh, you know, Ashley Barty, your number one seed, Alina Svitolina, your number five seed. You've also got Alexandrova, who's the 32, Mukova, who's the 18. You've got Pliskova, the nine. Brady, the 13, Coco Goff, 24, Jabour, 25. I suppose right off the bat, you think own Jabour, right? With that matchup against Putin Seva, she's the one probably with the brightest upset alert. I don't know. I mean, so what I have written down in my notes is, quote, when is Pliskova not on upset alert? Um, and so that's where we are, right? And so, yeah, top 10, the nine seed. I mean, it's just for me, especially on this sort of slower surface, anyone who has a good day on this clay court could give her a lot of trouble. Um, so throughout the rest of this section, I wrote down, I certainly hope not the 13 seed Brady, but Sevastova could show up to play and that could cause some problems there. But I, I would say Pliskova, yeah, Jabour has a chance of going out. But again, we'll have this conversation many times on this pod and the men's pod, but do we really count those mid twenties to thirties as big upsets? Probably not. You know, I'm more focused on the, Hey, top like 15 or so. Are, are they really in danger of going out? That's fair. When I say upset alert for a 20 seat, it would be a first round upset, but you're absolutely sure. right. After the first round, it's chalk at that point. And yep. you look for Carolina Pliskova. The last time she lost a first round match at the French open was 2016. She lost a three set affair to Shelby Rogers. Now it's sneaky to remember she was a uh, semifinalist in 2017. And I do think just the speed of the surface slowing things down. She's I think her movement, well, it's never going to be great. It, there's not like a diminishing value as you change to this surface. It's pretty similar to the hard courts. If anything, I think other players comparatively get a lot better moving on the hard courts. She perhaps not as much uh, in terms of when you change surface. But again, that gets you look at what she's done here in uh, really the last 52 weeks. She just hasn't played many matches. And so I understand why that's an upset alert. I, I don't quite have it there. Vekic is ranked 35, but six and nine in her last 52. She hasn't played since the Australian Open to have your first match back be against someone who hits the ball as big as Karolina Pliskova. That's not the upset alert for me. I mean, again, 
by ELO rating, you look right now, Yulia Putin-Seva is currently number 37, Own Jabour number 21. But I, I do think Putin-Seva, she just makes a million balls. And like, unless you have a big weapon to hit her off the court, and Jabour has the variety, has the craft, but Putin-Seva is an excellent mover. And I just think, I don't know, I, I that's just an interesting one to me. Although, you, you know, Own Jabour is a junior French Open champion. And like, that's just something to keep in mind. We really haven't gotten to see a full uh, clay court season of Own Jabour since she's become this Own Jabour. Uh, so I don't know if I think, I, I just think that match is going three sets. Like, I, I promise you, when we do an ace of the day, as we get back into our weekly aces of the day here during these grand slams, I'm taking the over two and a half sets in that one. You can pencil that, but uh, you can pen that in um, right now. But I mean, again, Ashley Barty, I think this section kind of, it's kind of nice for her because you just look, I, unless it's Jen, unless Jennifer Brady or Carolina Pliskova is clicking, do any of the players in the section have the big enough weapon to knock her off early? You know, if Svitolina beats her in the quarterfinals, that's not an upset. So in terms of players, you know, Svitolina, by the way, and Ann Lee, Svitolina, second round match, the young American cruising. She's been so great of late. And you look, Ann Lee, number 35 by ELO rating right now. You look at what she's done over her last 52 weeks. She's 22 and 8, Jamie. And that includes, you know, semifinals of Monterey, uh, you know, Australian Open. She made, I believe, round of 32. Now, she hasn't played a clay court match this entire season, uh, which is notable. And I would like to see her play more on the clay. Last year, she lost in qualifying. But I'm just keeping my eye on that. I don't know. Are there any other potential upsets alerts? I feel like we saw them all. If it's, you know, if there's not an upset alert and we should, by the way, do we, do we spend two seconds on Coco Goff? Because we haven't talked about her, you know, Coco Goff's number 10 right now in overall ELO rating. That's I think a testament to the success. The fact that the 17 year old just won a tournament in the lead up to this in Parma and she beat Anisimova. She beat Sinyakova in Rome. She made the semifinals beating uh, a worn down Barty, beating a worn down Sabalenka, but Sakari and Putin Seva as well. How dangerous is Coco Goff right now? Yeah, well, so I, that was going to be my next topic because she's done a collision course for Barty and what would be what round three if they if they that, that sounds right yeah three, I think it's round win. three yeah um, and so that could be a really interesting one um, and could certainly shake up the draw but I mean for me I think Ash Barty unless she's really really tested physically will be fine in a match like that look because it's so slow Coco Goff has the athleticism and she'll have time to get to the ball and rip through it like she does but. I don't see her wrecking this bracket like she maybe has other tournaments. Now, I, I could be wrong, but I, I just don't – I'm not feeling it for this French Open. No, I mean, again, you look for Coco Goff, and it would indeed be – no, not a third round, a fourth round. Jabour would be fourth the round. third round. Yeah, and the fourth round, she'd have to get through Jennifer Brady first. Um, I mean, we just saw her beat Chang Wang. Uh, I also think – you know what the sneaky upset alert is? I can't believe I didn't say this earlier, and we can get into our unseated players now who might make a deep run. What about Fiona Farah? You know my affection for Pharaoh. Didn't she beat Muguruza last year, if memory serves me correctly? And just, you know, she... Who hasn't beaten Muguruza when they're not supposed to? <laughs> yeah, the amount of times I've gotten burned on Muguruza picks. We'll get to that later, but my goodness. I no, it's fair. But you you talk about clay court ELO rating. Fiona Farrow is inside the top 15. Fiona Farrow has a higher clay court ELO than Jennifer Brady. She's got slightly behind in this section. And, you know, in terms of the players in this section, it goes Barty's got the highest, then it's Coco Goff, or then it's 
Svitolina, excuse me, or Pliskova, Svitolina. We've got a lot of top 15 players by Clay Cordillo reigning in this section. We've got Barty, we've got Svitolina, we've got uh, Goff, we've got uh, Pliskova, and we've also got Fiona Farrow would be the next highest. By the way, Sevastova, number 18 in Clay Cordillo rating. So by that metric, it would not be an upset if she's able to take out Brady. I just think Fiona Farrow's got such a well-rounded game. Her athleticism translates so well on this surface. She, you know, the harder you hit, the better she plays. She's so crafty and can move the ball so well around the court. Doesn't have the overwhelming weapon, but I think has sneaky athleticism. She's one of those quick twitch athletes, right? Where the ball just kind of explodes. I, I've said this before. My comparison for her is Tommy Paul. Like, I just think very, very similar games. The way they sneak up on you, the better you are, the better they are. Um, she's the unseated player for me, if she can get through, you know, Jennifer Brady or Sevastova in that second round match, if she can then, there's no reason, you know, she doesn't, Coco Goff doesn't have the big weapon to hurt her with either. And then all of a sudden we find her in another fourth round, taking on likely Ashley Barty. That's one unseated player. I mean, that that's probably the one for me where if I see someone making a second week run, it's going to be her. Who's your unseated player to keep an eye on? Well, sometimes for me, it's just about how the draws break out. And so it's somebody who has to play a higher C right off the bat, because if they clear them, mm-hmm. then they open a path for themselves. So for me, Sevastova, if she's able to show up and beat Brady, things really open up for her. Um, and also Vekic, if she's able to, to get things together and beat Pliskova, that clears the path for her as well. So those are my two as well. No, I think those are good. And by the way, uh, Sevastova number 30 right now in terms of 2021 yearly ELO, I believe that's above Jen- Jennifer Brady's number 23. So again, it's a toss up. You've got a lot of good players in this section of the draw with that in mind. Let's make our first round of predictions, Jamie, who's coming out of this one. Who's your pick to advance to the semifinals. Yeah. Look for all the, the unseated in the upset pick. What I have written down is I don't think it'll matter. Um, you know, maybe <laughs> golf can show up and, and do something crazy against Barty if she's already been physically, physically tested, but I think it's going to come down to Barty and Svitolina. I think Svitolina will get nerd- nervous and Barty will own the moment and move on to the semis. That's that's how I see it playing out. Look, we haven't even talked about Ashley Barty in this section. It's her quarter of the draw. We saved it for the end. Ashley Barty's 27-5 and five since returning to the tour in 2021. Now, you know, let's see. Her losses have come to Mukova in the quarterfinals. Oh, wow. that, yeah, that wasn't the, the best loss for her in the Australian Open. She then played the next week, you know, loses in Adelaide to Danielle Collins, who was just hot that week. And, you know, she also lost the match to Paula Bedosa-Gibert, who has been exceptional here in this season. You look for Bedosa-Gibert. She's number eight in 2021 ELO rating, and we'll talk about her. The the sexiest pick that's going to be made is Bedosa-Gibert over Osaka, and everyone who presents it's going to be like, I've got this sneaky upset pick that no one's ever heard of before. I'm going out on a limb and saying Naomi Osaka's losing early, and it's like, yeah, no shit. Like I just, you know, that's one of my pet peeves. And when people try to present their picks as like novel when it's like, actually everyone's making that pick, bro, but it's totally cool. You do you. Um, I mean, she lost to Sabalenka in that indoor Madrid final, but it was indoors. And it's like, we're or not indoor. Excuse me. She beat Sabalenka on the indoor final in Stuttgart. She lost to Sabalenka in Madrid, but it's like, it was a three cent match. It was a pick em. It was anyone's match to win. And then she withdraws in Rome, but she had so much tennis on her body. Now that's the big question. How healthy is Ashley Barty entering this event? She's had three weeks off. So you would hope it was just a nick and a bruise. And she's talked about it in her press that she is feeling healthy. She is feeling excited to get back on these courts. Now, Svitolina has been excellent as well. 
29 and 12 in her last 52. You look for her here this season, 19 and nine. I mean, the losses on clay, she lost to Sviantec in Rome. Sviantec was just in one of those zones she sometimes enters. She lost to Teichmann 7-6 in the third in Madrid. I don't consider that a bad loss. Like Jill Teichmann is excellent on the clay. And then a three-set loss to Ashley Barty in Stuttgart in a match. Honestly, she probably should have won. And she, you know, she had her chances in that second set. She also beat Petra Kvitova in that tournament, beat an inform Angelique Kerber. I think Svitolina's playing excellent tennis. It would not shock me at all to see her knock off Ashley Barty, but I agree with you. I think Barty's the pick. I think that's who moves on in this section. But overall, this is a loaded section of the draw. And there's a lot yes. of talented players. Yeah, it's a loaded section. And like I said, it's probably going to come down to Barty Svitolina and whoever's more offensive will probably lose um, <laughs> based on what we've seen from those in this surface. So look, if, if I'm, I'm not going to be surprised at all if Ash Barty just starts floating slices in the middle of the court and that takes her a long way in this thing. That's so, half, the, that's, half the, that's half the fun, right? That's Ashley Barty lulls you to sleep. And then, although I do think she's hitting through her two-hander more than she did in 2019. I think she may have pulled a fast one on us in 2020. She's like, you know what? I'm actually just going to work on my backhand for a year, and then I'm going to play. And then I'll show you all uh, the goods that I've got. But again, that's your first quarter of the draw. Let's move on now to section number two, a section I think we all see upset alerts happening, perhaps even in the very first round for our number four seed, Sonia Sophia Kennan, who was the 2020 finalist at this event. But look, it's been a struggle for Kennan. New coaching staff brought in, and she's going to be tested right away. She faces a former French Open champion, someone who can hit the cover off the ball, beat anyone on their best days in Yelena Ostapenko. I think pretty unequivocally that is match number one to watch here in this first round of this section. But, you know, outside of that one, Jamie, obviously, which ones you watch the most closely? Yeah, I mean, that that one's number one. It's just it just simply it's obligatory. Uh, now, do you ever know what you're really going to get from Ostapenko at this point? Ah, <laughs> perhaps not. Uh, but the other ones I had, I had Rogers and Peterson. because I think that could be an interesting first round clash. Uh, and then Georgie and Martich, um, I, I think. And, and we'll talk about this a little bit more when we talk about seats, potentially an upset alert. Uh, but th those are my other two that I circled. For me, if I'm being totally honest, not the most exciting first round matches in this quarter at all. I would throw... One more at you for sure. Marta Kostyuk, if she's clicking, can hit through anyone. That matchup versus Garbin Muguruza, who someday we'll share the nickname we have. I don't think we're ready to do that right now. I almost did it. It almost slipped out of me. And I was like, wait, Alex, you're recording. Don't do that. But um, it's not even a bad nickname. Well, No, it's not. But that, that makes it sound way worse. Yeah, it's, it's, nothing, it's nothing negative at all. Yeah, it's uh, not nefarious. Let's be clear. It's not like anything yeah. stupid like that. But it's just a great nickname that we'll have to discuss at different time. That's for the Patreon content only, right? That's for the Patreon fans. Exactly. That's um, what you get. Yeah, exactly. When you sign up. Um, I think just inherently, I watch Sarah Cerebes Tormo. Just like, I am so... I just like am fascinated. I just don't get it. Like... It, the serve, I, I, it's just, uh, but then she wins. Um, so I'll watch her in her match. I believe she's got a first one. I think she's playing Sai Sai Zhang, not Shui Zhang, but I'll have to look more closely into that. I mean, Kaya Yuvan's another dangerous youngster. You know what's crazy? Kaya Yuvan is older than Iga Shviantek. And you kind of look at Yuvan, you're like, oh, that's the youngster who might take a rip at the number eight seed. But of course, Shviantek 
won this damn thing last year, so we all know what she's capable of. I don't think Yvonne's going to pull off the upset. I think Shviantek's incredible, but I think the place to start, right? I, I'll, I'll put a, a, an inkling of an upset chance, Kostyuk versus Muguruza, but the place you circle right away, I mean, Sonia Kennan, number four seed, she is the seed on upset alert, correct? 100%. And she knows it too. That's that's the other piece of it that's feeding it mentally. You mentioned it, new coaching. Um, you know, obviously she does have the benefit of the fact that she was just at this level last year, got to the final. That's great. Uh, but yeah, she's going up against someone who has won this tournament. Um, and, and so that's going to be in the back of her mind. So 100% the four seed Kennan is, is certainly on upset alert right off the bat. No, it's again, you, you talk about uh, this season and you know, Sonia Kennan, her struggles, I think, have been well documented. So we don't need to pile on here. But just, you know, again, in terms of the yearly ELO ratings, where is Kennan right now? She is not where you would expect her to be. Sonia Kennan, guess her 2021 ELO. I like to play this game where I put you on the spot. Yeah, you you're really like on that. the big ELO train here. Well, um, I mean, it's just, it's a, what are we going to talk about? A ranking? Everyone knows her ranking. She's the number four. 52. 104. So you're halfway yeah, there. Doubled it. Yeah, exactly. So I like the theme. You're there. Here's who she's hanging out with right now. The two players above her, Madison Brangle and Katie McNally. The two players below her, Aranxa Ruz, Rebecca Marino. I can't say that's like far off. Kenan six and eight, Jamie, this season. She has really struggled. Meanwhile, Ostapanko, number 31 in ELO rating. She is 13 and nine here in 2021. You look at what she's done of late quarterfinals in Rome. I thought it was good wins for her over Kanta, Tamjanovic, and Kerber before she bowed out in three sets, seven, six in the third to Pliskova. You look for her. Stuttgart, she lost to Pliskova again. Uh, Madrid, she lost to Jen Brady. That's a type, clearly. You're a big hitter. You can take it tour that's what you have to do that's not what Sonia Kennan's going to do Sonia Kennan wants to play variety she wants to move you to the outer third she wants to you know again slowly get her way into the match Ostapenko's not going to allow that Ostapenko's going big ball three ball four ball five in the rally are we going to straight up make the prediction I'm taking Ostapenko in that match what do you think yeah, I don't know if I'm uh, I don't know if I'm ready for that one. I still see Kennan as the favorite here. I know Ostapenko has obviously won this. She has the experience here, but how many times have we seen since that win her flame out uh, of, a, of, a, of a stage like this? So um, I'm definitely not ready to see that. And and Kennan will have some confidence given how she did this last year, given the fact that this is her quarter of the draw to own. Um, and I, look, I mean, no clay clay court has. N- Claycourt tennis has not suited Kennan super well as of late when that's, there's no secret to that, but she's crafty and she finds ways to win matches. Um, so yes, there's going to be tons of points that are completely on Ostapenko's racket. Uh, but Kennan is, has some comfort with that, right? She, she's has some comfort with letting the control go being the backboard sometimes. So I think, I, I do think Kennan will get through this match, but it'll be tight and it's upset alert for sure. When you're talking about the French open, do you call it Roland Garros or do you call it the French open? I, either or if I need to impress somebody it's Roland Garros I don't know <laughs> <laughs> the reason I ask is like it makes me so frustrated when I look for the event and I'm like oh I type in French Open and it's not there and I'm like are you seriously gonna make me type in Roland Garros like it's at Roland Garros on Twitter so I guess that is what we're calling it they've dropped the French Open moniker they're like no we're a little fancier than that that's the the pinky up name is Roland Man, it's Garros always been Garros. Roland Garros yeah but it's just like okay the Americans not- are like well we can't remember that so it's the French <laughs> Open <laughs> 
<laughs> it's true. It's like RG21. You're not wrong. That's a very, very accurate way of saying it. Fun fact about Yelena Ostapenko, 2017 French Open champion, two in five in her non-2017 matches in Roland Garros. Now, the losses were to Bedosa Jaber, Azarenka, Osaka, Dushavina and Kozlova, but also, you know, those three losses were really... <laughs> yeah, I'm just not going to yeah. say the big ones. But, like, again, it last year she beat Pliskova first round, uh, second round, so I, I think she comes out guns blazing. I really do, and I think she's played a much better tennis of late. She's finally starting to hit her stride, find her form, you know, back up into the top 50. Number 44 is the 23-year-old. It's crazy. I think she's already 23 years old. Also, I did a podcast with Alex Vanchilla, just a random note, and he's currently in college. He's like, bro, I was born in 2000, and he was the one who said bro, not me. I promise bro has not become part of my vocabulary. I know that's the second time I've said it here on the pod. And I was like, dude, you were born in 2000. You are closer in age to my little brother than you are to me. That is horrifying. Uh, Ostapenko closer in age to me than my younger brother. So I suppose that makes me feel a little bit better. She's the only seed I have on upset alert. I think the rest of them get through their first round matches and even later on second, third, fourth rounds. I kind of like, I mean, maybe Vogel beats Sakari in round two, but I don't think that's happening. Uh, you look at the seeds in this section, it's Kennan, it's Pagula, the number 28 seed, Sakari, the 17, Mertens, the 14, Muguruza, number 12, Petra Martic, who's always sneaky good on the clay. Do not sleep on Petra Martic, on at Conteve, number 30, Sviantek, number eight. Those are your seeds, but if it's an unseeded player, Jamie, who makes a move here in this section, who's it going to be and why? The only one I have is Srivas Tormo. Um, I said she's got a shot, and outside of just listing unseeded players who could potentially do something, <laughs> I, she's the only one that I have a strong inkling about. The others are like, well, perhaps, right? Uh, but no, Srivas Tormo is the one you got to go for in the in this section of the draw. Let me throw two at you. If Georgie gets through Martich first round, that's, again, because you made this point in the last one, if you can beat that seed early on, things oh. just open up. Shelby Rogers, like if she serves lights out, hits the forehand huge, can she beat Iga Sviantek? Sure. Do I think it's going to happen? No. But is that that's the other one to me I would circle, right? Because, again, it, it fits the criteria. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Rogers, again, I didn't put that just because of the clash with Sviantek that she, that she would have to get through. Yeah, no, I can't disagree with you again. I think this one goes relatively chalk. And, again, the reason we spent so long on the first quarter, I just think player-wise it's – more fascinating than this one yeah let's just be honest and so we can get to the predictions now who comes out of this quarter what do you think yeah so so for the for how this quarter breaks out i think what i said is muguruza and shantek is going to be the best match in this section i expect them to win until they have to face each other Um, and i expect the winner of that match to take this quarter and get to the semis yeah, it's nothing wrong with that. You know my fascination with Annette Conteve. I think Ben Rothenberg's afraid of coming back on the podcast because he knows I'm just going to bring up the fact I was right about Sabalenka, Sakari, Conteve being the most interesting trio heading into last season's post-pandemic play because I, I'm not going to restate the case. They're all hitting their primes, yada, yada, yada. Huh. I, I think it's going to be Muguruza versus Fiontech, right? Because I just don't think Kennan's going to get there. And I do think that matchup is really, really interesting because Garbine's got the length to kind of absorb the heaviness and of the Sviantec ball, go down the line early, beat her to the spot as well. She also moves well enough on the surface. She's a former French Open champion. I don't think I need to make the case for Iga Sviantec, uh, excuse me, for Garbine Muguruza. 
but yeah, like, how are you going to pick against Iga? Like, did anyone just watch what Iga did as she ripped through pretty much everyone on her way to that title in Rome? And I mean, she beat Goff, she beat Svitolina, she beat uh, Worn Down Pliskova, but she beat Pliskova. You look at her losses here. Yeah, she lost to Ashley Barty in Madrid, but Ashley Barty's really freaking good. And we just saw it last year. Her forehand is one of those weapons that transcends surface, but is in particular seems that much more effective here uh, on, on the clay. And like... She didn't drop a set last year. She hasn't dropped a set at this tournament in over seven matches. She's the one to beat. She's the one I picked to advance as well. But again, I said, I think it was two months ago that Garbine Muguruza was my pick to win the 2021 French Open. Now, obviously, there's nothing I do better than backtrack. There's nothing I do better than throw out a million takes so that one of them sticks on the dartboard. But yeah, Sviantec's the pick here in this section. Until we see someone beat her in this form at Roland Garros, it's really, really difficult to pick against her. But, you know, one of the things, if I wasn't so, you know, uh, hardcore on the college tennis beat over the past three weeks that I would have been celebrating much, much more. Arena Sabalenka is a top five seed, Jamie. You know that's something we celebrate here at Crack Rackets. You know Sabalenka is my girl. She is the number three seed here in our third quarter of the draw. You look at the seeds in play here. Of course, number seven seed Serena Williams in this section of the draw. You've got Kerber. You've got Rabakina. You've got Kvitova. You've got Azarenka. You've got Madison Keys, Pavlochenkova. This is a very interesting draw, and it starts right away, by the way, with number three seeded Arena Sabalenka's first round match against Ana Konya. Fun fact for you, Konya, obviously, former top junior uh, in the world, was in the top 50, top, I think, 30 of the rankings before she dealt with so many injuries and was such a feel-good story to see her make her way back in Miami Fun fact for you, uh, Anaconia number 17 in 2021 yearly ELO. She's 17 and six overall this season. She had to retire this past week in her event, but I think that was more of a preventative thing than anything else to get ready for this year's French Open. That's the matchup that jumps out to me right away. And you look for Sabalink, by the way, she's number two in yearly ELO. She's 25 and second, second in WTA tour wins only to Ashley Barty, who's got 26 of them. But when you look at this section, I mean, that's obviously one that jumps off the paper. What are the most interesting first round matches in your mind? Um, I think you got to say Azarenka and Kuznetsova. Um, I think Azarenka is one of those. You would say Azarenka, Kuznetsova. That's a Jamie McDonald classic. I, I, you know, I wouldn't say elaborate, but we'd be here even longer. So I won't. <laughs> um, no, I mean, look, I, I just, I, I, there's a lot of questions around Azarenka. So that's where it starts. I mean, regardless of whoever Serena was going to play, I would put her. So that doesn't really matter. Um, the other one I think is Keys, um, Keys and Doden, because, and we'll get to this when we talk about seeds who are on upset alert, but it's clay court. So Madison Keys, mm, <laughs> you know. Uh, watch out. Uh, so th that's, that's really sort of where I'm at, but no, I'm, I'm like you going to be watching Sabalenka from start to finish for sure. She's got the keys, keys, keys. No, the, the thing is, I'll, I will explain myself the slice. No one works in that backhand slice like uh, Svetlana Kuznetsova. Like, I, I think, again, one of my highlights in Orlando, this is just a fun fact for all of you listeners, because I know we have a lot of crossover listeners. When Gabriel DeCamps 5-all hit that slice forehand, I said, ooh, that's a rough choice. And I immediately got a text from Jamie saying, 
not a bad choice, just bad execution. I, that was the highlight of Orlando to me. That was seriously, oh, that was delightful. That's those, those are the little things that, again, just keep me going here uh, throughout the course of a two-week event. Just simply mwah, delightful. So shout out to you, Jamie. I mean, yeah, I, I think Layla Fernandez, certainly interesting in this section of the draw. And I know your fascination of all Pova, uh, all OVAs, excuse me, if it's an OVA, Jamie McDonald's watching and she's got Anastasia Potapova in her first round match. I believe Fernandez, a former junior French Open champion. So that's one I keep my eye on. It's not a first round match, but whomever, Azarenka and Kuznetsova, whoever advances again in that match, I think it's going to face Clara Tossin. And that's upset alert absolutely on this surface you give Tossin time to unload that forehand her backhand down the line so beautiful she's just going to make you uncomfortable so that's one to watch for me and it's uh excuse me uh yeah and it says Kel Nina hits the crap out of the ball and I think you know against Kerber she's going to have the opportunity to do that but first round wise at Begu versus Serena you're right that's an interesting one but not the most interesting first round matches in this section. However, when you start to talk about seeds on upset alert, this is where things get a little bit interesting because, you know, again, Sabalenka is entering this in excellent form, but outside of her, like, what do we know about Serena? We haven't really seen Azarenka in a while. Rabakina struggled this season. Now I do want to say Petra Kvitova has been excellent. She's one of the seeds I do not have on upset alert, but I think there are a couple of seats you could throw out here, Jamie, to be on upset alert. Yeah, hundred percent. Look, I think Serena is one again, just because of her own level, that's completely on her side of the net. It is what it is. Um, and of course the 23 seed keys as well, because we're on clay court. Um, so that, that that's where it gets a little difficult there for the Americans, unfortunately, but yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a ton of uncertainty in this quarter and, and we'll get to that a little bit more. I'll, I'll speak to it when we talk about how we think it's going to play out, but generally that's the theme of this quarter is just a ton of question marks. Like if I tell you Ronx Roos, who's been really good on clay of late beats Serena, it would be surprising, but not shocking. Like, like just again, it sounds Serena's racket. You, you kind of nailed it there with your analysis, but we just haven't seen Serena play in a while. And so that's something to be interested in. Now, it was very fun to, to read Danielle Collins saying she's finally healthy. She's dealt with so many different health issues and just her firepower. She didn't beat anyone on the right day. She's just going to swing through you. She's so fearless. If she wins her first match, beats Kerber, let's say, in the second round. That's, I don't think, going to surprise anyone. I would love to see Rabakina get hot in that matchup between Rabakina and Kvitova. Those are two people who have, uh, well, Petra Kvitova is an owner in Serena Williams' uh, power tennis neighborhood, and you know that metaphor. I don't have to rework it for you, Jamie, but for our listeners, the people that elite of the elite. Serena is the head of the property. You know, she runs the club. Osaka is one of the, the club members as well. She's on the board. I think they allow Kvitova on the board. The debate for Arena Sabalenka, is it time to grant her membership? They're like, oh, but she hasn't won a slam. They're like, yeah, but she hits the crap out of the ball. I'll tell you this, Elena Rabakina is a valet at the club. Like they absolutely have her in training and they're like, we're going to keep her around here just in case she clicks at one of these events. But would love to see that happen here. Clara Tossin, ditto. 
I mean, Fernandez over Keys. That's the one. If Keys gets through Doden, Leila Fernandez beats Keys. It just fits the narrative, right? Of Leila Fernandez continued ascent towards the top of the women's game. You talk about where she's at from an ELO rating standpoint. Fernandez right now, number 76. But you look at her yearly read, uh, ELO instead of overall, she's currently 71. So she's working her way up. I'm curious, where is Madison Keys right now in yearly ELO? She's not even ranked. Can't be high. Top. She's, she's yeah. outside the top uh, 159, which is like, like, yeah, it can't be high. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good, certainly. And so, not good, Jim. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so, yeah, I mean, that's the one you certainly you look at. And, and, you know, this kind of bleeds into the most likely unseated player to make a run. If Fernandez gets through keys, she finds herself then in the third round. That's a run, folks, just by definition. So that's an unseated player I keep my eyes on. I have a couple others as well, but I'll give it to you first. Who are you looking at? I, this one, again, there's a lot of question marks. I don't know that the top section of this has a, you know, it can we spread golf and like, can we spread golf and Svitolina and all these players yeah. out a little bit? That first quarter is like even more in retrospect is loaded. I know it's nuts. And, and this section is just so up in the air, especially because even the people who are seated in our bigger names, particularly in the top half of this quarter, we haven't seen that much of them, especially lately. It's like, are they truly this high of a seed? Probably not. So there's just so much to ask questions about there. Maybe Danielle Collins is somebody, you know, if she gets on a roll who can move through here, because if Serena and the others in the top aren't doing very well, things open up considerably for someone like Mm -hmm. Danielle Collins. But man, I don't know. Again, there's just so many things up in the air in this part of the quarter. I'm going to throw four names at you. You just tell me yes or no. I made the case for Layla Fernandez. Fair. Fair, yeah. Clara Tossin could beat the winner of Azarenka Kuznetsova. Mm-hmm. Fair. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's another one. You mentioned Danielle Collins. The last one I would throw at you, a player we always forget about, Anna Tomjanovic, who just, I, I call her Muguruza 0.75 because she doesn't quite have the power, but she does have the length. She does have the athleticism, and she's just good. Like, she's not great, but she's good at a little bit of everything. You look at her stats here this season for Tomjanovic by, you know, of course, my favorite metric, ELO rating. She's 66 overall, but you look here, yearly ELO, she's 39. She's 13 and 10 this season, but just, you know, she only seemingly loses to the best of the best players. You look at her last couple of results for Tomjanovic. It was, you know, lost to Rabakina. Tossin, Ostapenko, Osaka. You got to have a big weapon to beat her is really the takeaway for me. And, you know, she's not great on clay, but she's fine. I just think the draw opens up well for her. If you can get through Kozlova, like, yeah, Pavlochenkova's got big weapons, but that's a winnable match. And then, you know, you'll probably be running into the buzzsaw that is Arena Sabalenka or Anaconia, I suppose, at that point. But with that in mind, we haven't really talked about our number three seed, Arena Sabalenka, who, as I mentioned, second right now in terms of wins in this WTA Tour season. She's 25 and seven. She won a title here already during this clay course court portion of the year i believe she's in the number 10 overall player by clay court elo rating but she's currently number three in total elo trailing just ashley barty and naomi osaka we know her ceiling is as high as anyone is she your pick to advance out of this section I mean, look, I think Sabalenka is going to steamroll this quarter um, unless something really unexpected happens. Or Serena uh, you know, Peaks. I, well, see, that that's what I was going to say is maybe a veteran like Serena or Kvitova causes her some stress. But, I mean, look, we saw in that battle at Australian Open, the one that, you know, Sabalenka really had a big chance to win, lost 6-4 in the third to Serena. She can take it to those big names. Now, and yes, we've seen her knock it across the finish line, but I think that sort of experience – 
sort of negates the being scared of a big name in this, because this is her quarter. This is her quarter to win 100%. She's got an okay draw for it. And given her level of tennis, I mean, yeah, I don't know how you pick anybody but her to win this at this point. Yeah, I, uh, I I mean, I agree with you. You know my thoughts on Arena Sabalenka. When it's good, it's damn good. And you look for her now. It's been a couple of weeks, I believe, since she's played. She hasn't played since Rome when she lost to Coco Goff. had played so many events here this year. And, you know, it just throughout the clay season, finals of Stuttgart, uh, wins Madrid, loses to Goff, who's a top 10 player by yearly ELO. And you just, you look in 2021, Jamie, I just want to point out she's 25 and 7. Here are, are her seven losses. Barty, Barty, Muguruza, Muguruza, three sets to Serena in Australia, an inform Kaya Kanepi in the very first match of that Australian bubble. And again, that first week produced some really funky results. You can let that one slide. And then to Coco Golf, which like is not a bad loss. Let's be honest here. In 2021, I just think you got to be really, really good. Don't give me that face. You got to be really, really good. It's not a great loss, but like, yeah. <laughs> again, it, it's it's fine. That's what I'm saying. It's not like a, it's not like a data point. Like what, what happened there? Like, that's a weird result. Like whatever. She just, you know, five and three is what it is. Um, or, you know, had five, I'm not going to defend. I'm not going to play defender for Arena Sabalenka's loss to Coco Goff. You made me feel attacked uh, here with that little smirk you're making. But I'm glad you pointed out Kvitova. Kvitova has been awesome this season. You look at her record here overall. Petra Kvitova, uh, I believe 15 and 8 here in the season. But again, you have to be really, really good to beat her. She did earn that title in Doha. And, you know, her losses of late, Svitolina, Svitolina, Barty. Eichmann, but you know she had won the week before and Zvonareva in Rome that's not the greatest loss but it was a three set loss and she lost three sets to Barty in Madrid as well three set loss to Svitolina in Stuttgart she was a semi-finalist here last year it was a really quiet semi-final for Petra Kvitova and I just think she's clicking still and physically she's healthy she looks comfortable she can swing through anyone I do like her section of the draw as well for her to find her rhythm before she would have in that an inevitable matchup perhaps with a Serena Williams or an Angelique Kerber again. But all that said, Sabalink is my pick. I just think the draw opens up nicely for her. I don't think she faces a serious challenge until fourth round quarterfinals when it would be an Azarenka or the winner of that top section of this quarter. So I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to take Sabalenka to advance. And again, it's kind of chalk. I'm trying to remember who our picks here were. So when we get to the semifinals, we can hold each other accountable. I know I had Barty, Sabalenka, and then who did I pick? I think I picked Sviantek. I think you did as well. So that's always good when we overlap on all three picks. Let's see if we can maybe get a little bit different here on pick number four, our final section, Naomi Osaka's section. And I already did 15 minutes with Gil Gross on Osaka's decision not to attend pressers. So if you want to add anything to that analysis, Jamie, you're more than welcome to, but I'm happy to skip it now and we can just focus on the tennis. You look for Naomi Osaka, she's going to be under threat right away as by every clay court metric, Paula Bedosa Jaber who would be the number uh, the first seed she would face the number 33 seed who replaced Ali risk, uh, I think that's an upset alert. You look at the seeds in this section. Marketa Van Drusova was a French Open finalist in 2019. Kiki Burtons has played her best stuff on the clay with healthy. She just hasn't been healthy of late. You've got Benchich Podoroska round one. That is a much watch match. You've got Joe Conta in this section. Kuder Matova has been great. Bianca Andrescu, healthy on the clay here. Should be an exciting section of tennis. 
what are you watching in these first rounds? Yeah, so two things right after that. First of all, I don't know if I gave a firm pick out of the Sviantec and Muguruza one, so that's my bad, I guess. God, it's burned me so many times, and it's going to burn do me again, it. and I'm yeah. going to do it. Give me Muguruza. Yeah. One of, it, it has to pay off at some point, right? I, yeah. I got burned so hard on that Muguruza-Danielle Collins match at this tournament last year, and it kills me to this day. But here we are. Give me Muguruza. Give me a difference. Well, you know, Muguruza Sviantec, almost lost to Zidanezic first round last year, who now has Andrescu. No, no, no. I'm, the reason I bring that up is, like, is that an upset alert? I think that's a sneaky, fun first round match. No, no, it is. Uh, but yeah, Muguruza, I'll take. We, there's got to be some difference, right? Yeah, 100%. Uh, the, look, mm. a take for the sake of a take is how this Great Shot podcast was founded. Let's be clear. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. There it is. But anyway, no. And my second thing, sorry to get back to the Osaka quarter. <laughs> this is my favorite section of this draw, um, hands down. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of interesting things to talk about in the Barty part, sure. Then we got to the middle where we were both like, oh my God, you know, can we spread out some talent? What are these people? <laughs> and now we're down to Osaka where it's like, who's going to win here? Osaka, let's ignore the huge elephant in the room and actually talk about her tennis on the clay, which has not been great. Do we expect it to be great? No. So it's going to be really interesting here. Uh, you nailed it. Um, Benchich Podoroska is going to be a huge one to watch. I think Burton's and Herzog going to be very interesting as well. Buskova, Sinyakova, uh, Anisimova, Kudamatova. Oh, There's that so match many is good so matches. good. Anisimova, There's so many good matches in this. This this is by far the best quarter for first round matches. It, it's not close in my mind at all. It's close. I mean, it is to your point, top, bottom, like, so much better than the middle. You're just like, wow, yeah. that those middle 30 minutes are a slog. Um, no, a hundred percent. But yeah, I know that's that's the Jamie McDonald. That's your argument always. Um, still great, great podcasting, by the way. It's good to have you back. Always a pleasure. But um, yeah, I mean, I could make a case for Osorio Serrano as well, the talented young qualifier out of Colombia, who's a former, I believe, junior French Open champion who's been so hot in the South American swing and playing outstanding tennis of late that she could upset Andrescu. Absolutely. In that second round match, and, you know, again, Buzkova Sinyakova, we're going to be glued to that. That match has our name on it. And Nisimova Kudermatova, I could not be more excited for the power tennis that's going to be played there. And Kudermatova, you know that's one of my can she go from good to elite uh, players? I'm keeping my eyes on. I mentioned, uh, you know, Barty's number one, Sabalenka's number two in wins, Kudermatova number three. She's number seven in overall. Elo, 24 and 11. You want to look clay court, Elo specifically. She's number 13 behind. You know, again, when this is the company you're keeping, two above you are Sabalenka and Goff, two below you are Mertens and Farrow. That's pretty good company to keep. If you're Veronica Kudermatova, of course, Amanda Nisimova, we've all seen make the semifinals of this French Open before, and she finally seems healthy, finally seems fit. And when she's clicking, just straight up, she can beat anyone. She hits the ball that hard. She is, again... Ballet, I'd say, at Serena Williams Power Tennis Country Club, uh, which I'm just, that's going to become a thing. You'll see, Jamie. You'll freaking see. They haven't granted her membership yet. But uh, they, again, her name has come up at a board meeting. We'll just, we'll leave it at that. But I mean, yeah, Podoroska Bencic, that's a fascinating contrast of styles. And can Podoroska defend those semifinal points from last year? That's something all of us are curious about. I even like Caroline Garcia versus Laura Siegemund. Like, I'm, I'm going to enjoy that one. The power tennis of Kaya Kanepi versus the creativity of Von Drusova. Um, I think there are so many good first-round matches. And, you know, again, 
I think they may go relatively chalk, but as this section of the draw unfolds, Jamie, there are a lot of seeds who have dangerous portions. Case in point, I'm picking Paula bedosa Javert to knock off Naomi Osaka. I know I did this rant earlier where everyone's going to be making that pick, but put me on the on the bandwagon of everyone. I just think bedosa Javert is a more comfortable mover on the surface. I think she's going to be able to make enough returns in play, get that ball deep enough to take away the plus one opportunities for Naomi. And then again, you just look uh the metrics back up the eye test as well for Bedosa Jaber. She's number nine in terms of clay court ELO rating uh uh and uh entering this tournament. She's number eight in terms of 2021 ELO rating. You look at what she's done entering this event. She won in Belgrade a week ago and you know, it wasn't the most stacked draw, but she did win that event. Semifinals in Madrid, she beat Teichman, Sevastova, and Bencic in Charleston. She made semifinals, beating Barty, beating Bencic before losing to Kudermatova. She's peaking. Like, there's no other way of saying it. She is playing her best tennis entering this event. She's at a new career high of number 34 in the rankings entering this event. Again, it's not a a novel pick to take her over Osaka, but that's the big upset alert for me. I also think Herzog could beat Burton's round one. Like that's not going to surprise me as well. If Podoroska beats Bencic or Kirstea even beats Kanta. And by the way, Trevisan is in that section. Trevisan was a quarterfinalist last year and she could beat Joe. I just don't think Joe Kanta makes it to round number three. Um, I'm not ready to take Osorio Serrano over Bianca Andrescu. I need to see more of Andrescu on clay, but I just don't know if Osorio Serrano has the big enough weapons yet to hurt Andrescu. She's going to do a really good job moving that ball around the court, playing the slice, making Andrescu uncomfortable. But um, the big upsets for me, again, uh, is Bedosa over uh, Bedosa Jaber over Osaka, and then I'm going to take Herzog over Burton's as well. I don't know what to make of the Podoroska Benchich upset. I'll leave that to you again. Who are the seeds? I think I've mentioned all the seeds on upset alert, but which ones are you pulling the trigger on? Yeah, so I think Podoroska over Benchich. I'm taking that one. Um, That's just to hurt my feelings. No, no, it really isn't. Podoroska, <laughs> we'll get to this later, but like. No, get to it, it now. Let's I'm do in, it. I'm, well, I'm in a weird spot where it's like, oh, no, I would never pick her to, you know, redo that run and get to the semis, defend that run again. And then I look at the draw and I'm like, damn, if she does win first round, like, that's a possibility um and so that's that's where it's horrible it's like this this quarter had me questioning everything in my notes here i have is Podoroska the favorite um because it's like i was like who is supposed to win this quarter because like and that's what's kind of dangerous too i think osaka will actually look a little better than people expect how how well she plays i don't know but because people are ragging on her for the off-court stuff as well because people are so high on bedosa jabera right now and are expecting her to do well that's a different kind of pressure than just somebody who's really comfortable on the clay and goes up against a big name now she's expected to have results with it so it's a little dicey here but no in terms of those seeds i don't know if i I'm ready to put Osaka there because I think she will surprise some people and show up. Uh, but Benchich, absolutely. Kanta, absolutely. And Burton's probably, I'm not sure, but there's a good chance she loses to Herzog. Well, I'm going to flip it now into the unseated players because you know who else we haven't talked about enough is Daria Kasakina who's a former quarter finalist at this event and is 17 and eight this season has played really, really good tennis and kind of has that pro. She's kind of like, I think there's a lot of similarities between her and Podoroska like the big heavy forehand that they use to whip around the court, good movers on the surface. And again, they can play backhand slice. They can hit through that wing as well. Like you look for her. I'm pretty, last- sure, I'm pretty sure every player in the WTA tour is a quarter finalist of a slam at this point. <laughs> I mean, it's like, 
<laughs> I mean, you could list everyone in the draw who's been around for more than three years. And they're like, yeah, I remember when she made the quarters. And you're like, oh, no. yeah. You remember that 2013 <laughs> Australian Open where she ripped through? Uh, yeah, she beat Wozniacki. She beat Kerber to make the quarterfinals. It's like, I know I don't remember it, but it's possible. <laughs> it sounds right. Yeah, yeah exactly. You could convince me. Yeah, exactly. Remember when Sloan Stevens won a Grand Slam? Like, that happened. Let's not forget that about happen. that. <laughs> did it happen? No, it, it happened. Um, and didn't Coco Vandeweghe make the semifinals of that slam? Am I, like, crazy here? Wasn't it? It was Vandeweghe. Oh, Amer- Americans closed it out. Right, it was all four down the home stretch mm-hmm. there. I do remember that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that happened. <laughs> like, you're yeah, not that was wrong. that was weird. <laughs> yeah, let's be clear. That did happen to those of you who have forgotten. Um, <laughs> no, I mean... Yeah, I, I, she's just someone again unseated. Is Trevisan the favorite? Like she made the <laughs> at least we've seen it recently. And like again, Kasatkina, Podoroska. I've got a soft spot for Herzog. This I even like Clara Burrell, the French wild French wild card as well. Like she's young, but she's I mean she's not gonna win. But like get out what, of here. <laughs> but what about Anisimova? Like, what if Anisimova gets hot? What if she beats Kudermatova first round? Then she's got Buzkova, who she's got the bigger, or Sinyakova, who she's got the bigger weapons with. She can absolutely get through that match. Then you get a third round against BB Andrescu. That match was a toss-up when we saw them play in Miami. Why isn't it a toss-up on clay where we still don't really know what the best version of Bianca Andrescu looks like? And I know, you know, I'm not ready to say upset alert for Andrescu in that Zidancic match, but... It's going to be tricky. Like, it's not going to be an easy one. And I do think Osorio Serrano is going to work her around the court, make that match physical. I mean, all right, let's make predictions here. I, I like, I really don't know what I'm going to do with this section. I'm going to lean on you first, and then I'm just going to try and go a different way than you go. This section is so up in the air that yeah, I'm going completely, I'm going completely <laughs> against my notes. So in my notes, I say, <laughs> I do not think Osaka will win her section. And now I'm thinking, you know what? Give me Osaka. No, get out of here. <laughs> I think, I think so here, hear me out because at this point, I don't actually think she's the favorite to win her own quarter. Everyone's ragging on her. She's going to be annoyed by that. So there's, there's two options. Either she completely caves to all of that and does horribly as everyone expects, or she shows up and is pissed and uses that to succeed despite her not being that good on the clay. Um, and her, let me talk about this too. If she gets through that Bedosa match, this draw is really nice for her. Yeah. It's very nice skating along as the two seat up the bottom there. there. There's some really good matches for her in terms of setup. So if she is able to rise to that Bedosa challenge, I think she's more than fine. I, I don't like it, but I'm picking Osaka. <laughs> and let me say that I have, like 4% conviction behind this pick, but that's where I'm at because my next pick would have like 3%. So I, uh, yeah, this is the 538 model and it's just not working very well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, um, uh, it's a really good pick. That's a really good take, Jamie. I'm sad. We buried that take at minute 57 of the podcast because that's a damn <laughs> good take. Um, wow. You're right. Like, you are absolutely right. It'll go one of two ways. She'll bow out because it's just all gets to her and she's just not playing her best tennis. Or she'll be like, you know, I'm Naomi freaking Osaka. Like, I'm just going to serve my way out of trouble. Like, just so you guys know, like, just to be perfectly clear to all of you, I'm still better than all of you at tennis. Like, I don't need to talk to the press because I just win. I'll let my racket do the talking. There's a little cliche for you. I know. The amount of cliches I've used. Yeah, I'm not proud of it. Can I, can I get a went went from uh from you west off? But no, I uh, uh all right. Well, Who are you I'm, taking no, Who first are you taking? Of all, just I just need a name. I just need a name. Here's the thing. 
I did. I okay. said this. I'm gonna. I'm gonna message you the name I'm talking about. But there's someone out there who's gonna pick Bedosa, and they're gonna try and present themselves at this like novel, like genius, brilliant person who's thinking far ahead. And I just cannot be the same as that person. And I, I met you. Agree with me? I sent you the name as well. And it's just like, I can't uh-huh. do. So I can't do that. I just can't. Uh, screw it. Give me Von Drusova. I don't know why. Like, there's a I, take. I have no justification. I honestly think like the, so I'm down to four names. I've got Anisimova, Kudermatova, whoever wins that first match. I've got, what about Podoroska and Kazakina? No, you know what? I've I'm got, not going to, yeah, sorry, go ahead. I, I've got, I've got three or four names. I think it's, it's comes down to uh, Andrescu, Podoroska, Osaka, or Bedosa Jaber. Those are the four. See, I've got Bedosa, Andrescu, Vondrusova, and Podoroska. And Osaka's not on my list, which is why she is going to win. Screw it. Give me Marquette of Andrusova. I don't even care. Like, she's going to lose first round to Kaya Kanapu, who's just going to come out swinging and play this ridiculous <laughs> match. And I'm going to look like an idiot, but I don't really care because it's minute 59 and a take is a take. And, you know, again, never let the truth get in the way of a good take. So that's my pick. We look now at our semifinals, Jamie. For me, Barty versus Sviantek, and I've got, who did I, Sabalenka versus Vondrusova. You've got Osaka versus Sabalenka, Mukarutha versus Barty. Give me your finals. Give me your champion of this 2021 women's singles draw. Oh, I don't want to. Don't make me do it. Um, so out of the bottom, uh, give me Sabalenka at the bottom. I think by that point, if she's playing that well to get to that, I don't think anybody's going to stop her, even Osaka. Um, you know, Sabalenka is not going to be scared of the pace. She can play the power game. I, I have no worries there. Give me Sabalenka to the finals. This next one's interesting. Uh, when it comes down to Barty Muguruza for me, I, things can get tricky. Uh, generally, when you talk about hitting the ball, Muguruza is just a better tennis player. Um, but Barty just trips people up with her variety and she's smart. Uh, but both of these players know how to win this tournament. Screw it. I've done it before. Burn me again on Muguruza. Send Muguruza to finals. Send Muguruza holding the trophy. Done. Yeah, look, that was my take in like August. And I'm jealous that you are the one uh, that are actually getting to pull it off uh, in August, excuse me, in January um, or February, whatever freaking month that was, uh, where she was ripping through the Middle East. Um can I like backtrack and take her as well? Can I just be like, you know what? She's I don't, not gonna, I don't think you can do that. She's not going to come out of her section, but give me Muguruza. Um, that Sviantic Barty match is freaking fireworks if it happens in the semifinals. That could be so, so freaking enjoyable. Am I really going to talk myself into like, there's no way Sabalenka makes the final, there's no way it happens. I, I don't know why you're not taking Sabalenka to win. I know you want to. And I kind of want to, too. Like, honestly, it's tough. Like, I, I would love to see Sabalenka win. She has the game to do it. And this could be very, very like, very well be the one she does it at. But, I again, I've made I've made my Yeah, so just you're done with career. Muguruza. We've yeah. made my picks on Muguruza. So, give me Muguruza. Oh, man. Uh, you, you're a Kei Nishikori fan, first and foremost. You know that. That's what your career's been made on. <laughs> Just wait till the men's pod. Boy, do I have some <laughs> takes for you. <laughs> um, uh, f- it. You're right. 
Give me Sabalenka. It's I, I've been leaning towards that pick since the beginning. It's going to happen eventually. Why not now? Now, the problem is it's just like the concept of her beating a Muguru, uh, excuse me, a Muguruza, a Barty, or a Sviantec in the final. Like, that's such a tricky matchup. I actually think the best one for her would be Barty just because she's seen that so many times this season. That's the pick I'm going to make for the final. I'm going to take Barty over Sviantec. I just think Barty's got the variety and the athleticism to work Sviantec to the outer thirds and actually take the ball off of her racket and yeah um this is a pick with my heart uh god willing uh never mind i was gonna make a joke i'm i'm not gonna make that joke right now you know the joke that i was thinking in my head um give me arena sabalenka that's my pick she's gonna be the winner and she's gonna be fully inducted into serena williams power tennis neighborhood but again that's your draw breakdown of this 2021 women's singles French Open draw. As Jamie alluded to, he and I are going to be back here for the men's predictions as well. Going to be a very similar breakdown. Also worth noting, Gil Gross joined me to talk about the top contenders on the men's side. Eventually, we had to do some rescheduling because it turns out Ben Rothenberg's a very important person. And so... He hasn't joined me yet. He will later on for one more preview podcast as well. Again, we're... We're going to get funky here over these next two weeks. Mini breaks come in every day, deciding points at the beginnings of the weeks. And again, we're going to have fun aces of the day. All the things that you listeners have grown accustomed to, to keep you all in the loop, give you all, all of the information you need to ensure you thoroughly enjoy the year's second Grand Slam event. Of course, again, to follow all of the action alongside of with us, you can find all of our content on our website, crackedrackets.com. You need the more immediate updates, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. We are at crackedrackets. You want to message me directly, I am at greatshotpod. A shout out as always to our super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff for the f- of an earning job they do day in, day out. Shout out as well to our friends at Turn a tennis. Remember, email sales at uniquesports.com or call 800 554 3707 to become part of the Turn a Tennis team. With that in mind, Jamie, I'll give you the final word. Any final thoughts on this women's singles draw? Don't let me down. Muguruza, I know you're listening. You listen to every <laughs> one of our pods, you know, even especially during the college season, and we appreciate that from you. I need you to win this one. Take it home. Muguruza, a huge, huge Pepperdine Waves fan. Um, no, I'm yeah. just Did you know that she's actually trying to quit her career and get into college coaching? Oh, no. believe me. I heard she's eyeing that Arkansas women's job now that it's come open. She's like, is that, oh. the, is that my pivot? It's time for me to make my move. I agree with you. That's, you heard it here first. Yeah, I was accused of yellow journalism. That's the yellow journalism that I was accused of right there. But with that in mind for my wonderful co-host, James Foster McDonald, our super producers, Flinger and Westoff, our friends at Turn the Tennis, and all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. Jamie, what do we tell our listeners? That's a great shot. Oh, that's the pivot. I love it. And we will see you all for the men's draw breakdown. Thanks, everyone.